Hey y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. Let's just jump right in to where we picked up last week. We did a new series we started last week entitled Who's on Your Throne? And the whole premise of that is that we have been commanded by God in the book of Deuteronomy and then reiterated by Jesus while he was here on this earth in Matthew 22 that the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And those four components, heart, soul, mind, strength, make up the person, make up who you are. And from that place, your heart, your command center, where you make all of your decisions, there is a seat there that somebody has to fill. And so the question is, who is on your throne? If that's the throne of your life, we know that kings and queens sit on thrones. Those who are in charge of a whole nation, a whole group of people. Um, in this case, a whole person So who sits on your throne? We know that from scripture that God is the one who should be on the throne of our lives. And we talked about last week how there are three things that prove that God is overall and that he deserves that rightful place on the throne of our heart because he is the ultimate authority. And we know this through scripture because he created all things. We see that in Genesis 1. Number two, he controls all other authorities, even evil authorities he, ha- he is over. And we see that in Romans 13. And then we see in Revelation 21 that he is the beginning and the end. So in those three reasons, we take those into account. God can be in that top spot in your heart. So today... What does that look like to have God on the throne of your heart, to be in control of your life? Well, it first is a life surrendered, and it's a life that looks like the life that Jesus led. Well, now, no, we're not going to be perfect. We are going to make mistakes, and we are going to fail, and we are going to sin, but we can strive to do things the way Jesus did, to love the way Jesus loved. And in Matthew 22, he says to love the Lord your God first. That's the first and greatest commandment. And then the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so when God's on the throne of our heart, when we love him first, when we look to him, when we're making decisions of when we look to him as to where our thoughts need to go, we can walk a little bit like Jesus did. We can honor God and we can praise God. So first step is to surrender your life. And then the second is to keep surrendering. So today I've got five tools that we can use to keep God on the throne of our heart, to keep him in charge. So I've got five things and two scriptures for each one. So let's dive right into what these are. Number one, 
Number one tool in keeping God on your throne is to give up sin, not a lifestyle of sin, for freedom. What do I mean by that? Let's look at Romans 6, and we're going to read verses 6 and 7, and then 22 and 23. Uh, and some of these are going to be sound, sound real familiar to you. Uh, Romans 6, verse 6, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now let's skip our verse 22 and 23. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Okay, and then let's skip over to 2 Corinthians three seventeen, And it says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love that. We, don't long, we no longer have to be slaves to sin. Living a lifestyle of sin being bound in one particular sin or another that seems to control us. No. In Romans 6, it says we have become slaves to God, so God would be in control if we have come into a relationship with his son, Jesus. And then 2 Corinthians 3 says that, you know what, if you're in a relationship with Jesus, you have my spirit. And where my spirit is, there, that same place, is freedom. So let's give up a life of sin and let's trade it for a life of freedom. Number two, how can we keep God on the throne of our heart? Is we accept forgiveness and we forgive others. So let's look at Psalm 32, 5. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So we have to accept our, the forgiveness that God offers. We can't cover up our transgressions from him. And then Matthew six fourteen and 15, Jesus says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So accepting forgiveness and forgiving others is very important to continuing to keep God on the throne of your heart. Number three, we are told to be thankful and to worship God. Let's look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103, be thankful and worship God. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He may known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. 
He continues and goes on to say in verse 19, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all you heavenly hosts, all his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And then we're going to look at John four twenty four. John four twenty four. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So we are be called to be thankful, remembering all that God has done, and to worship him. Because we know that we can do that in spirit and in truth. Okay, number four, a tool to keep God on the throne is that we serve God and we sacrifice for others as we serve others. So we're serving God and sacrifice for others. Joshua 24, 14 and 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So in this verse, the people, God's people are commanded to fear the Lord and to serve him with all faithfulness. It's a decision, just like putting God on the throne of our heart. That's a decision that we all have to make. But Joshua here, as the leader of the people, he said, whatever you decide to do, it is not going to affect my decision. But me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Let that be what is characterized of us and our households. And then we're going to sacrifice for others to serve others. Ephesians 4.12. Actually, I'm going to back up and read Ephesians 4.11 through 13. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And when I read that, I think of Romans 12, 1, which says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So we want to serve God and sacrifice for others by serving them. And then the second is we want to be humble. This is the way, another way that we can keep God on the throne of our heart is that we be humble. Ephesians 4, 2 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And then James 4. James 4, 6 through 10. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. 
Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So when we stay humble, when we are humble and we stay humble, that's a way that God is going to be in control. So each one of these is a daily process. And the question for the day is, are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to give your life over to the one who really does deserve that spot in your heart, that command center, so that before anything is done in your life, you can look to God and make choices, speak words, have behaviors and attitudes that are like Jesus, that honor God, and that praise God. All right, y'all. How about we pray before we head out today? Dear God, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you that you are able to sit in that command seat of our heart. God, I pray that we would choose today to live lives surrendered to you. Come in and sit in that seat and be in control of my life. And I pray this also for my friends who are listening. God, we want to honor you. We want to praise you. We want to live a life that reflects the life that Jesus lived. And we can't do that when we're in control. So come, take over. And I pray you find surrendered hearts when you do. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to pick up next week. Again, with looking a little bit more about what does God on your throne look like as we give praise and give thanks. So I hope you'll come back and join me with that. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have can get out in the sun, maybe get by a pool. Stay cool. We'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me. And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb, and then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with him, will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life? 
to be in charge. If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel-Centered Podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.